Jeremiah 29, 4 through 14 is the message. I, uh, I know there's a lot of challenge out in our culture today. I know you open the newspaper up and you're surprised by some of the news that you see. Uh, I'm always amazed that, that, that sin and activity and, and all that is not out in an ungodly culture. It's often uh, in what might call, people might call the Christian community. But in spite of everything, I think we are blessed. What say you? You think we're blessed? Say amen. Really blessed. I, I believe that. I know that uh, there is a human element, though, that I've watched over the years, and, and see if you agree or disagree, so stay with me, that the more you have, the more you want. What say you? You believe that? Say amen. The yeses say amen. The noes don't say anything. The yeses have it. So we know the more you have, the more you want. You know, it's like having air conditioning. When I was growing up, we had a ceiling fan, and uh, that was a big old fan in the hallway of our home, and, um, and, uh, and you turn that thing on, it was probably a four by four, and when you cranked that thing up, you opened the windows, and um, I never could figure out whether it was drawing air in or pushing air out. I think it was drawing air in. At any rate, that was it. And then maybe there'd be a time my mother would get a little cold and she'd sneak and cut it off. Well, I'm a light sleeper. You know, matter of fact, I've been asleep preaching sometime. <laughs> what say you? Not a word. <laughs> she'd cut it off. It shut the place down. Well, naturally, we'd get up and turn it right, right back on and uh, keep it going. Uh, we put central air in her house, air and heat. Uh, we did that so there's no need for the, for the fan. But I, uh, that, that's the way I was raised. But now I'll go over to her house and she'll have the air conditioning on 82 degrees. You know? And I walk in and she'll have me wrapped up in a blanket. And I'm thinking to myself, Mother, what, what in the world's wrong with you? She said, it's cold in here. I'm thinking, cold in here? In other words, my point is, is we have the ceiling fan and we couldn't do without it. Now we have air conditioner. If your air conditioning goes out, who do you call? Hello? You call an air conditioner man, don't you? Let me ask you, how long does it take you, if your air conditioner goes down, after you find out that it's out, how long does it take you to ring up an air conditioner company? Huh? Two days? How many say two days? How many say in less than an hour? You're on the phone. The majority get it. It's less than an hour. There it is. Some of you didn't raise your hand in less than an hour because you check your checkbook before you call. Dry ice works as well. So the point is, is we live our life and we get comfort levels. And once we reach that comfort level, if anything in that arena shuts down, we're in bad shape. I mean, we think we've just, we've got to have it. The more you have is then I want the more that I want. Now, God's not unaware of our challenge. In 3 John 2, he said that he desires that we prosper and be in good health. I like that. Prosper and be in good health. And I think good health is better than prosper. But 
How many of you like both? That's all right. You're going to get exercise tonight. I'm in the program. Exercise. He says, but as your soul prospers. So in other words, don't expect good health long and and don't expect prosperity long if you go around with a nasty, soiled attitude all the time. A stingy attitude. A negative attitude. A gripe attitude. An attitude that deals with bitterness. Don't expect to have all those things, though you may have them for a while, but God's not pleased with that. He said, and I will give it to you as your soul, as you live out your life in serving Almighty God. Every significant blessing that we have from God, and I believe all blessings come from God. What say you? You believe that? Some of you in the back are not speaking up, and I can hear you not saying a thing. How many of you believe all blessing comes from God? If you can't talk, raise your hand. This is an interactive message. So here's what I know. The significant blessing that comes from God, what's important? Number one, that we know God, that we love God. Now, I know it rains on the just and the unjust, but I think you and I want to go beyond the natural routine we want God, I want the kind of favor that comes from you, that takes me through the tough times. So I want to get to know you, seek first in all the things, and then remaining faithful to his word. I want to be guided, not by a roadmap, not by the philosophy of a man, but by the word of God. I want to do what the word of God says. Number two, a consistent commitment to God's will and God's plan. That is my own devotions. That is, I'm in church. That is, I roll my sleeves up. That is, I'm involved in ministry and in, engaged in it. I talked to a young man uh, yesterday. He's one of our, uh, one of our uh, individual auditors. And I said, where you go to church? He told me. Then I said, um, uh, this was last week, where you go to church? And he told me. So I talked with him. What's today? Wednesday? I talked with him Monday. I said, how was church yesterday? He said, I didn't go. I said, what do you mean you didn't go? Were you sick unto death? He said, no. I said, well, let me re- readdress a conversation we had last week. You told me what church you went to, went to, and when I asked you what you did at that church, you told me that you were on a sabbatical. I said, what? On a sabbatical. I said, in other words, you do nothing. He said, well, I haven't been in doing anything. My year that I took is almost up. Did you get God's desire and will so you want God to take a sabbatical on you when people are listen to me straight up when people are dying and going to hell the church needs to stay engaged by the power of God and it's not one and a little few it ought to be all of us working together what say you out there oh the amens were not as loud as before engage so he said I didn't go I said well that explains something if you didn't have a reason to be there other than worship, you had no driving motivation of accountability. So you just decided to lay out. I said, what about Sunday night? He said, we don't have church. I said, I told you last week we have church here. I said, you could have showed up right here. He said, you know, I didn't even think about it. I said, does your church stream live? Yeah. Did you look at that? He said, no. Now, he's a graduate of Southeastern University. I said, well, now, we have some work to do. Now, listen to me, friend. 
We're getting to the days now where the church is going to have to man up, grow up, put up, and not shut up until we go up. And I, 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 I want to enjoy my life and the favor. How many have favor from God? It's wonderful. Even when you sin, you still get a little favor from the Lord. So the question, if we're going to seek God, all the things are given, you know, and we have abundance. I don't, I don't know of any broke people here. I don't know of any broke people, you know. I don't know of any poor people here. Say, so, well, you just don't know who, who you're talking to. You have a car? If you have a car, yard talk, you ain't poor. I can take you to India and show you some poor people. So here's where we're at. You know, um, what is the purpose of any favor abundance you get that I get? What's that, what's that purpose for? And how much is too much? You know, just how much is too much? And, and then why do you think, have you taken a stop long enough to say, why am I blessed? Well, don't tout because you're good. Okay. We can't tout that. Why am I blessed? And we understand there's nothing wrong with blessing and abundance and overabundance. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing. Matter of fact, there's nothing wrong with you having a ceiling fan and an air conditioner. Amen? And have heat. You can even have heat. All of that that goes with it. Nothing absolutely wrong with that. The major givers of our church in the high dollar gives are people who are blessed with abundance. And they shower back to Victory Church. A tithe of that abundance and on beyond that, offerings of that abundance. If everybody at Victory Church only made $32,000 a year, there'd be no major gifts that would come in and help us go over the top to do the things that we want to. So I'm saying you guys and gals, many of you I know, I'll point you out in a minute, that have wealth. Thank you for your giving. But the reason you have been blessed is so that you might be a blessing unto others and the house of the Lord. All abundance and blessing is for the purpose of honoring God first. And God has a plan for you and me in the church as we link together. Now, wherever you're at in that arena, whatever blessing you have, you know how many of you and I'm going to ask for a little help. How many of you, you had, you had to work for it? Let me ask it again because you're not moving fast enough. This is a short message. We're going to take a long time. How many of you had to work for what favor you got? You know? I mean, I, I know a few of you that just have the natural knack to have blessing come your way. And you don't hit a lick at a snake. Not many. Most everybody I know is like me. Like me. It's like, wow. You get up and go to work. You want to know the will of God? Get up and go to work. Isn't that easy? Get up and go to work. Get up and go to work. Dabo of Clemson, the major coach, spoke the other night. He said, entitlement, he said, entitlement will harm you. It will not teach you responsibility to go to work. Nobody's entitled. He said, but the bottom line is there are those that are and, and need help and benefit. Nothing wrong with that. But my friend, God did not create me just to be entitled to what he has for my life. And then I have to get up and go to work. And don't you have to get up and go to work? And then let me say this. How many of you have had a life 
that is all roses all the time. How many of you have to work somebody that's got a foul mouth sometimes? Come on, get it up. How many of you have to work with a company or organization where where your fellow workers use bad jokes sometimes? We're all out there. It's all out there. So here's what we know. Life can be hard. Say that with me. Life can be hard. How do I respond to that? Here I have this abundance. I say, God, I have your favor. But I go to work every single day. And in addition to that, you give me the abundance of your blessing. And as a believer, as a Christian, endeavoring to make ends meet, I talk to my brother Lamar six days a week, every morning, early. And I, I call him up because he had a brain bleed several years ago. And I made a commitment just out of nowhere. I made a commitment. I will call my brother every day and say, how are you doing today? Because he was so close to death, had it not been a miracle that the doctors at Champa General said, hey, he is not going to make it. But he didn't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I call him every day. And every day I tell him, you doing okay today? Yeah. What you got going today? Because he doesn't know how to stop. He doesn't know how to quit. He doesn't know how to rest. And I coach him and say, listen, you got individuals to help you don't get out there and do that you don't need to do it period and then i always tell him how you making it financially he said i'm just trying to make ends meet i said well it won't help me then will it i called you said if i could borrow some money he said you got more money than i ever thought about having i said no i don't i need money from you don't ever forget it don't ever forget it. And that's that kind of push and shove that we do. Well, here's what happened. In Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, verse 7, he's talking to the people of God who have been bad boys. And we have work against the odds. He says, I want you to seek peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers you too will prosper. H. Jackson Brown said, those who turn back never reach the summit. The people of God who've been bad boys have been exiled over to Babylon. They're from Jerusalem. They're suffering because of disobedience. And now false prophets are coming up and lying to them. And Jeremiah wanted to come in because they've been there quite a while. And he says in our text, I want to give you a letter of encouragement and instruction. He said, here's what the Heavenly Father, Jehovah, wants to do. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to gain favor. Under the Babylonian rule of aggression, he said, God wants to give you favor in the enemy prison. In other words, don't expect that culture to favor you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to work as you all, as if you own the farm, as if you own the lands, as if you are the master. I want you to give it everything you got because if they prosper, you are going to prosper and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you favor. So God's message through Jeremiah, I don't want you to digress. I want you to increase in numbers. Some of your babies are going to be born in Babylonian captivity, but that's okay. 
Some of your children are going to be raised in that captivity. I want you to seek prosperity. I don't want you to try to come at them and because you might consider them the enemy. I want you to pray to the Lord, and He's going to prosper you. Even though you're away from Jerusalem, even though you don't have the right tools, even though you're in a foreign land under that rule without any roots in the Babylonian society, I'm going to ask you, work against the odds and watch what will happen. And I think in our lives as individuals that if you sum it up, we often work against the odds. We work against the odds in several ways. Number one, Satan has opposed and always will oppose a Christian witness. In other words, when I get up and go to work every day, and I don't go to work, this is where I serve. It's not work to me. But I'm, I live in a culture, you live in a culture, to where the, the, he will oppose Christian witness. He will oppose giving you a break. Not only that, Satan always will influence society so that they do not understand your purpose. While you talk about tithing, you talk about going to church on a regular basis, you talk about engaging in church, you talk about giving extra offerings, and that society, that culture says, we don't understand that, and he'll never ease up on the pressure of ungodliness, of ungodliness. I talked to one of my granddaughters today who, who is a single adult, 24 or 5 years of age. She just got in off a business trip into Boston. And in Boston, she had to go with a group, and, and there were late-night meetings and corporate meetings, and she's engaged in all that. And I said, let me ask you something, baby girl. said, did any of that group get into the drinking? She said, oh, yeah, granddad. Any of that group get into the red and white wine and push you to do it because of those meetings? She said, oh, yeah. I said, well, let me tell you something. Stay away from that influence. You don't need it. You're too young. You're too beautiful. Do not cave in when others want to encourage you. Maintain your stance of holiness and righteousness. Who says granddad can't preach to grandchildren? I tell them, you see a counselor, you're going to be in session with a counselor for one hour when you're there. When you're with me, you're going to be in session all the time. Why? God's purpose for you and me is to be an available tool. Listen, God wants to do something phenomenal in our lives to show the enemy that even though we are in his prison, we still have a song of deliverance, amen, like Paul and Silas had. And say, you might have me captured in this place. You might have me captured to work around a bunch of vile people. But listen to me, you can't touch me. I'm going to continue to prosper and be a success. The Israelites were in bondage and the enemy had an unfair advantage. That's what it seemed like. But if you, you and I, in that unfair advantage, work and stay focused and keep encouraged and pray for peace and increase your efforts, he said, I will bless you. You may not have a million dollars, but you can sure act like it. How many know what I'm talking about? You might be, I don't have everything that I need, but you can give God praise for what you do have. Somebody say amen. You may not be the best-looking person, maybe an inch lower than that, but let me tell you something. That's why they have whitewash makeup. I'm telling you, die for your hair, and you men put up my... I'm telling you, you can look like a million dollars. 
What say you? I read the other day there's a cap that you can start wearing for about a year for baldness and hair will grow. What say you? Listen, we are on a pilgrimage. And God says, if you're going to be the light of the world, I want you to know you're not going to look like a bunch of paupers. You're going to look like what in the world when everything is down and out and everybody's struggling. What's going on with you that it seems you have the blessing in the midst of the famine? It wouldn't be the first time for that kind of testimony. And then number two, I think we have to rebuke Satan's lies. How many have to tell he was a liar every day? Amen. He's a liar. He's a liar. Jeremiah 29, 8. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. Don't listen to it. Just don't listen to it. Robert Schuller said, he's deceased now, as you know. But he said, and it's recorded, most people who succeed in the face of seemingly impossible conditions are people who simply don't know how to quit. I don't wake up every day trying to figure out how to quit. I don't wake up every day counting my ills. I don't wake up every day counting my troubles. There's an old song of the church, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, what Lord God has done. Count your blessings, one by one. How about it? How about it? How many don't know that song? How many know that song? Oh, wow. Count your blessings. Now listen. I tell you about, and I have told you, my inferiority complex. I first started, my buddies were all pastor's kids. I was nothing. The first evangelist that I was exposed to. We ate sardines and mustard while we fixed chuck roast potatoes and carrots for them. And I went over and looked, and they didn't even eat it. They went out. I thought, wow, something. Inferiority complex. How do I manage that? Because I, I don't have that name recognition. Listen, I knew that I was called. I knew that. I knew that. And when I heard all of that, and the enemy would come and lie to me, I just got up and went to work to one of the three jobs that I held. And on Wednesday night, when there would only be to begin with the four or five people as we grew, 
I worked one of those jobs at Woolco Automotive. Any of you ever remember that? I don't even think they're in business today, but they're like a, a Walmart tire shop and brake shop. And I come in with about an hour and a half and just go to my knees on the bed, greasy hands. Say, God, you got to move here. I need your help. I'd walk over to the church and there'd be two cars in there and I'd think. And to begin with, on Wednesday night, it was just sharing. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. I don't care if you failed. I don't care if you've missed it. I don't care if you don't have two pennies to rub together. There is an anointing on your life and a destiny that God has for you. And the enemy knows it or he wouldn't lie to you to begin with. Amen? So you deny the lies of the enemy. The false prophets said, hey, you won't be here long. Cave in to the oppression that's here. Uh, create a false sense of hope and accept your unfavorable circumstances. And then they would say, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. I've been raised in Pentecost. A lot of the old timers, if they wanted to try to validate what they're fixing to do about a prophecy or something, this is what they'd often say. Thus saith the Lord. You know, when somebody says, thus saith the Lord, everybody thinks that's straight from God. I'm here to tell you some of those utterances were not thus saith the Lord at all, at all. What I'm suggesting to you, if you are worth your salt and your testimony and you're driving to have a dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ and you want favor, the best way to have favor is to tell the devil he's a liar and to get up and pursue God with everything that is within you. And you watch, you will go through seasons where it will seem like you're going to have to stretch something. You go through seasons to where, hey, it's not going to go right. You'll go through seasons. You might be, you might be uh, poor as it relates, not having a good cash flow or physically or something of that nature. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you that stay with it. Trust God. Don't listen to his li- uh, lies. And if we, ever, if we ever needed to be focused, it's now. What's God doing for us? If you need to be aggressive, now's the time to be aggressive. In your walk with God, get into the Word of God. And if you need to watch and work, it's hard to do. But Nehemiah said, hey, let's watch and let's work. And if we ever need to advance God's purposes, it is now. And if we ever should use our abundance for what God has given us, it is now in Jesus' name. There are no little eyes and big U's or whatever. We are all in this thing together, and God desires to bless you with the abundance of his favor. You see, Satan would cause us to compromise, and that uh, the, world, the world has nothing that you and I need. And as God gives us wisdom and fresh passion and ideas, I'm here to tell you that works for God. And when you dream, if it doesn't scare you, it is not God. When you dream, it's not God. Dream big. Put a dream out. Put it down. Write it down. 
Put it somewhere. Satan will throw every lie, false hope, and persuasion against you. But we must remember, here's what I know. God has a plan for you. And it does not cease because you've hit a different season in your life or someone has died or you, you don't make the money you used to. That dream is still alive by the grace of God. God is not in the business of putting you out there and then letting you alone because you take a path that does not take you into prosperity. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. I'm share this and I'll share it again because some of you haven't heard it. When I was in the district office with Brother Floyd Johnson and the development director buying Masterpiece, building Masterpiece, raising all the money for Masterpiece, we hit drive through after drive through at McDonald's. My kids were in the van. I remember one time in Clewiston. We didn't get the order right. About every other time, they don't get the order right. I hit it, and I got fed up. How many know what fed up feels like? I got fed up. I said, check the bag. We're missing a little fry and a hamburger. I said, I'm done. I put her in reverse. The kids were old enough to know, what in the world are you doing, Dad? Just get back there and be quiet. And I backed back up to the drive-thru. The look on the face of the lady at the window was like, I ain't never seen that before. I said, listen to me now. You owe me a fry. And you owe me a hamburger. She said, well, how do I know? And like every good man, I say, because my wife said so. <laughs> you don't want to play with her. And we got it. But as I went through all that, as I was gearing up and going, I knew what it was to go to Miami and get back home when the kids have to be in school at 1 o'clock in the morning and then get up and be in the office at least by 7.30 or 8 o'clock, no later than 8. On a Monday morning. And Brother Johnson got a three-page single-space letter. Wayne will never make it. He's got his head hid in the sand. He'll never raise enough money to do the project. He'll never be able to build it. He'll never be able to so-and-so. I thought, he doesn't know me. Brother Johnson read that letter to me. Now, whether he did right or did wrong, I, I, he read the letter. I thought, well, what do you think, Brother Johnson? He said, you wouldn't be here if I didn't think you could. I'm on board. On the day of dedication, with a building on the inside that seated 1,000 with 4,000 to 5,000 people there. With a car line out the gate of Masterpiece Gardens to get in on the day of dedication. With every locker numbered. And I still feel guilty because we had to put the numbers on the lockers on Sunday. 
the man who wrote the letter walked up to me. And he said, I didn't think you could do it. Of which I said, if you'd not written that letter, I probably couldn't have. But because you did, look what God did. What I'm suggesting to you, I don't care who you are. If you're worth your salt into the anointing, the devil's going to pounce on you. He's going to give you a right hook. He's going to come at you with something. Just How many know what I'm talking about? But listen, you know what you have? You have God's favor. And you know what God will say? Hey, in prison, in bondage, in captivity, wherever you're at, it does not stop my favor in your life. I'll walk into the midst of the lion's den and have a picnic until the king comes and checks to see what's happened in that day. Are any of you, do all of you know what I'm talking about in that regard? It is so true. Number two, three, you have to believe God's word. I believe it from cover to cover. I do. I believe it from cover to cover. I believe it from index to concordance. All the way in the back. Jeremiah 29, 11. How many know that? You know, you know where it comes out of now, out of oh, those scriptures I shared with you before. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and what? How many of you think your future's over? Not until you're dead. And then you have an eternal future that's replaced with a future known to man. You cannot lose. Turn to your neighbor and say, I cannot lose. I cannot lose. And what's God's plan? You just heard it. Have a plan. Exceptional. Prosper. Not to harm. To give you hope. To give you hope. Do you claim that hope every day? There's hope in the Lord. The fulfillment is determined by what you think. Decide today. Choose to believe today. Do with what you already have today. Plan today. Save and spend time today. Many believers only live for the moment. Very few plan for the future. I believe I don't know who holds tomorrow, but I know who's holding my hand. How many knows that song? I want you to just leave this building tonight with the determination to say, I can't wait to tackle tomorrow. I can't wait to tackle Friday. I can't wait to tackle Saturday. I can't wait till the weekend comes. I can't wait to turn another year older because every day that I'm on this earth, I'm going to be under the spout where the glory comes out because I have favor from the God that I know loves me. Come on and help me a little bit. Won't you stand? I'm, I'm done. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. God is so good. He's so good to me. Amen. God is good. He's good. I've had a congestion in the last couple of days, and I finished the Z-Pack and still coughing and hacking a little bit on Sunday. So I called my doctor. I said, I need, I need some shots. I'm headed out of town. How many going to Israel with me? Come on, get your hand up. A lot of you. You came, and uh, 
I went in today, and they said, you get two. I said, I only wanted one. I said, I'm, I need one shot. She said, we're going to get two. I said, can't you mix them together? That's how they bake a cake. That's how they bake a cake. If you got intravenous fluid going in, they put the shots in that. And she said, well, I'm going to have to give you intravenously and give you what you need. I said, how long is that going to take? I don't have all day. She says, according to if you have good veins. I said, well, I have good veins if you're a good shooter. <laughs> so I pulled my sleeve up. She dropped it in there. I said, I'm feeling better already. I don't think I'm going to need that other shot. I said, where are you going to give it? Are you going to give him an arm? I like it in this arm here. She said, oh, no. Not go, it doesn't go in the arm. I said, well, where's it going to go? She said, go, go in. She said, in your fanny. Okay. So, right here do I have any compassion out there <laughs> oh and I thought dear Lord I'm, I'm, I'm only one that's important to me get two some days it's that way amen I'm trying to tell you something I want you to know how wonderful God is to bless you one shot, two shots, three or more. God is always knocking at your door. Amen. Amen. That's good. Got that on tape. Let's pray. If you're not right with Jesus, you need a little tune-up. Why, why don't you repeat this prayer? Those of you online, listen up carefully and repeat the prayer. Here we go. Heavenly Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Isaac and Jacob, I love you. You created me, and I am so thankful. Every part about my being, you are aware of. Every pain, every broken heart, everything about me, you are aware of. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, you took a chance on me and you died on the cross so I could get rid of this burden of sin in my life. And when I whispered a prayer for forgiveness, as I'm doing now, I felt a release. I felt that burden lifted and you filled me with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So I just want to thank you. And Lord, for the error of my way and the sin in my life that I've not confessed, I confess it now. And I thank you for your forgiveness. Do a work in me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to go to prayer. We're going to take, I know I told you and I've, gone a hair over a couple hairs over 
But I, I can't leave tonight. We're going to get into maybe 10 minutes of worship. If your time is up, you're, you're just welcome to leave. But could we just come around here and pray? And if you need prayer, we have people here. But could you just spend some time maybe, maybe on your knees in your pew or just seated there and just meditate and call upon the Lord? Joe Christian's mother fell today and really needs a miracle of God. We're just trusting God there. She's quiet and, and she's not able to have visitors and all of that. But they do need prayer. They sure do. Athena Rayburn, our district superintendent's wife, her mother passed away. And so they're grieving over that. And there are others. Another lady in our church failed. And we need help. My mother-in-law needs prayer, needs a touch. My mother, how many of you have a need? May I see your hand? Somewhere, somehow. So let's just spend time in worship. And then you'll be dismissed now. Can you do that? And as, as you get through, and maybe you need to get up and go now or sit down and go and find, go ahead and go or you need prayer. You come on down. I love you, everybody. Don't let this message get by you, okay? God bless. Let's pray. Oh, in God, you're so good. God, you're so Your word is 
stand and declare it together. Thank you. 
across this room. Oh, Jesus, we love you. I thank you for your presence in this place tonight. Thank you that you hear every cry, that you see every hurt. God, that everything that we brought to you tonight, the things that we're going through, we lay it at the foot of the cross, recognizing that it's your strength, God, that is perfected in our weakness. God, and no matter what we find ourselves tonight, as we lift up our hands as a sign of surrender, we surrender at the cross, declaring, God, we will worship you. We will honor you, King of kings, Lord of lords. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the word that Pastor brought tonight. We pray that we would walk out of this place and apply it. God, and bring us back on Sunday, God, to worship you with everything that we have. Thank you for what you're doing in our church. We love you in Jesus' mighty name. If you love the Lord, can you put your hands together for Jesus? Hey, thanks for worshiping. We'll see you back here this weekend, either at Lakeside or here. God bless you guys. Come on. Oh, and here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. Lord, here I am to say that.